Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. I'm Alan Paulcotter, and you're listening to Call Talk for April 10th, 2019. Today's topic is conversational virtual agents, advantages, and caveats. If you're listening live, we invite you to be part of the show and ask questions. Here's how you do it. Email me at calltalk at benchmarkportal.com. I want to remind everyone that all of our shows are archived and available to listen to at benchmarkportal.com any time of the day. And now with that, I would like to introduce the host of the show, Bruce Belfiore. Thank you, Alan, and welcome back to Call Talk, everyone. Well, conversational virtual agents, sometimes known as chatbots, are all the rage these days. Uh, there's really been an explosion with easily accessed and low-priced conversational frameworks from the likes of Amazon and Google. However, while it's easy to put together a bad conversational application, developing and deploying one that actually provides a useful service to everyone involved is a different matter. On this show, you'll hear about the different channels on which virtual agents can act, how their knowledge base should be structured, the best approach to training, the necessary integrations, and why machine learning, with all its promise, is not enough on its own to build conversational agents that you can trust to talk with your customers. We will also talk, cover the integrations necessary for their best operation, the changes they bring to the organization, and their potential impact on the bottom line for customer service. These are all really important items for contact center success going forward. And so we're going to talk with an expert on the topic, Livio Pugliese, who is CEO of Interactive Media North America. Welcome to the show, Livio. And thank you for having me, Bruce. Yes, I'm very happy to be here. Uh, and uh, I follow your show, uh, and I find it very interesting. So thank you again. Okay, good. Well, thank you for that. And uh, just for everybody's information, Livio currently heads the North American Operations of Interactive Media, which is an Italian company active in the conversational customer service field. He was previously at Genesis, and Livio has held roles in product management and marketing, technology development, and as well R&D. He was born in Italy and has lived in the United States for more than 20 years, is now based in San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, he's the first rocket scientist we have had on Call Talk, having earned a degree in astrophysics from the University of Turin. Bravo, Livio. Uh, so, yeah, and Livio likes to ride his motorcycle along the California coast and has recently taken up surfing, so he's really become a local boy here. It also happens that Livio hails from the same corner of Italy my grandparents came from, and we can speak the same crazy dialect in addition to real Italian, as, as well as a little bit of English, right, Livio? Uh, yeah, a little bit. So and uh, um, yeah, unfortunately, there are very few of us left on Earth who can still speak this dialect. So um, at least call centers don't need to worry about getting uh, translation services for us. Um, <laughs> although I must say, <laughs> there is a Wikipedia version in Piedmontese, which is the dialect. So there is hope. 
yeah, but you maybe. can't imagine how surprised I was when we met uh, the conference in Utah. So someone in Utah of all places who could speak it. It was really serendipitous. <laughs> That's right. It's pretty unusual. Pretty unusual. Well, you know, exactly. There is really, uh, unfortunately, it's a dying dialect, and uh, there's no need for a, um, you know, uh, a telephone service that says, for service in Piemontese, they push nine. <laughs> no, no, actually. I would actually say push 90 at this point. <laughs> after, going, after going through every other language on earth. Okay, anyway. Right. And uh, we've had a lot of fun with that. Regarding... Sorry, regarding the um, uh, the astrophysicist uh, thing, unfortunately, I'm uh, non-practicing. I've been non-practicing for a long time. It's really something that maybe I, I miss you a little bit. But, you know, conversational uh, virtual agents are also interesting. Gotcha. So you're, you're a recovering rocket scientist, not a practicing. <clears throat> okay. That's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Okay, great. Well, listen, uh, just to dive into our topic, can you start by explaining, um, in English preferably, <laughs> what conversational yeah. systems are and how they work for our audience? Sure. Uh, so for a conversational system, one means a system that understands what humans are saying, uh, at least most of the times and is able to answer in kind to execute commands or uh, fetch information. So how it works in very uh, big strokes is that the speech uh, is streamed to a system that transcribes it into text uh, as it comes in. And that's uh, something called an ASR, Automatic uh, Speech Recognition System. Uh, and uh, it's passed over to the uh, AI or semantic engine that understands the meaning and uh, is able to formulate a response uh, always in text form. And to formulate the response, it uses a bunch of algorithms uh, and context data. Uh, it dips into databases uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, so once the, um, the response is formulated, it goes back to a text-to-speech system that generates the speech back uh, on the line. And uh, um, so this used to be really the stuff of science fiction, but now it's here with us. And uh, obviously most people uh, use it at this point. Uh, and it's, of course, not only for customer service, but uh, customer service is our focus today. Yes. Okay. Now, that was great. Thank you very much for that explanation. Uh, so conversational systems in our area, are getting, in our field, are getting a lot of attention. Uh, so why is it that they are getting so much attention these days? Well, uh, they really are able to give a better customer experience, especially for self-service, uh, without uh, the investment uh, in agents, uh, which really, who really are the costliest part of contact center. Uh, and uh, they're getting more and more, um, uh, let's say, cost-effective, easier to, to develop because of the AI explosion and uh, the availability of uh, general purpose conversational platforms like Google, uh, like uh, Amazon, uh, AWS, uh, and so on. Okay, great. And so explain to us what the advantages of a conversational system are. Well, with a well-executed conversational system, uh, everyone involved wins. Uh, the customer, uh, because there is a better and more natural way of accessing information and doing stuff uh, with uh, a company. 
uh, and also at any time of the day, of course, uh, because virtual agents don't don't sleep. Uh, the company saves a lot of money uh, by needing uh, fewer human agents, and of course, agents can be retrained uh, to do other. Uh, things that are possibly uh, more rewarding as well within the organization, uh, and uh, remaining agents uh, as well, uh, because uh, when the conversation or, or a call, an interaction uh, comes to them, um, all the uh, mo- most boring and more repetitive uh, tasks have been already done. And so they get the more challenging cases and can uh, do uh, be more creative uh, on them. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. So really there's uh, advantages to this in terms of uh, saving the money on uh, human agents, uh, you know, and we all know though that so far the employment in our field continues to grow and that's because of the explosion and multiplication of communication between companies and uh, and cuts consumers. It just uh, keeps on growing. So, but in terms of the uh, easier stuff to do, certainly the agents, uh, you know, would be relieved of that because of these systems. Well, okay. So let's link to something that everyone is familiar with on the uh, the technology side. So clearly there are general purpose consumer systems. Um, tell our listeners how those fit into this overall picture. Yeah, yes, of course. There's Alexa, there's Google Home, there's Siri. So these are really not optimized for customer service and they wouldn't work very well by themselves in an environment where you need a very deep, very specialized knowledge uh, and also uh, buried in the, uh, the company knowledge base. Uh, which companies are not particularly keen of exposing to uh, Google or Amazon. So um, also, uh, I don't know how many times you ask for something to, I have Google Home, for instance, I ask for something, uh, and uh, it comes back with, sorry, I can help you with that. So Mm -hmm. this is not very good. Uh, We need a different approach for customer service. Right, right. No, in the case of customer service, you can't come back and say, sorry, I can't help you with that. Well, that's why I called, is because I need help with that. Exactly. So you're going to have yeah. to have uh, a different system or a, uh, yeah, a beefed-up system in order to do that. And Well, tell us about what that would be. Well, this goes a little bit into uh, how these systems work. So uh, the general-purpose AIs are all machine learning. Uh, while um, they use basically the whole knowledge in the internet uh, to answer questions. Uh, But uh, there are also systems that are semantic based. Uh, So this, with uh, um, uh, semantic based systems, you have uh, a lot of, you have rules uh, and uh, you have uh, control over the data. Uh, not the same as with uh, 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 with machine learning. So, for instance, uh, machine learning gives po- possible, if used only by itself, uh, can lead to uh, problems. So, I don't know if you remember a few years ago, uh, Microsoft uh, unleashed their brand new um, chatbot uh, on the internet live. It was called Tai. Um, and uh, in, a, in a few hours, uh, it learned from the uh, questions and the comments uh, coming in, and it became uh, racist, sexist, 
uh, violent comments, and they have to cut. They had to cut it very quickly. Uh, so the problem is really uh, what data uh, and uh, how you select the data. So um, with uh, um, with a semantic-based system, instead, uh, you have a control uh, over uh, over the data you put in. It's more laborious, uh, but it works very well when the data space or domain is not very big. And it's basically deterministic, so you can control it uh, really well. So a combination of the two is even better. You can start using machine learning to categorize the uh, knowledge in the domain, and then uh, you, you use semantic, semantics to refine uh, the training of the, of the system. So uh, for instance, once you have captured the way people ask for certain things uh, using machine learning, you introduce rules and synonyms and concepts uh, for the system to work on and see what happens. Uh, you trace uh, how things go badly and iterate. Uh, so you add uh, more, um, uh, you add more rules uh, and you add more expressions. Uh, and at the end, uh, you, could get, you can get a system that get, gets it right 90% uh, or more of the times, which is really good. Yeah, no, that's very good. That's very good. And uh, yeah, when, when you think about it, um, it's no, it's natural that you would need to have this. I mean, just knowledge management for agents, obviously, when it's done well, takes effort. You have to make sure that that uh, knowledge management system is kept up to date, uh, has the latest stuff in it, is uh, relevant to the users, and is easy for the users to use. Similarly, with yeah, uh, you know, uh, virtual agents, sorry. conversational virtual agents, you would need to have the same kind of care in terms of making sure exactly. that what comes out is going to be uh, good. And you're going to have to have the specialists to do that as well. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, Livio, I expect that uh, these will work on any channel. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. So, basically, channels are uh, voice and text at the moment, right? There's no... Um, for the moment, there's no video, of course. Um, so the same engine can be used for both voice uh, and text. Uh, obviously, the voice is converted into text by the uh, speech recognition system. Uh, but uh, there are different requirements uh, for uh, voice uh, and chat. So for voice, uh, first of all, you have the problem that it needs to be uh, very quick, real time. Uh, for chat, it's not, it's not a big deal if uh, uh, the system answers 10 seconds later, uh, just like a human agent would. Uh, then chat, uh, you have uh, possibly some typos, um, mm -hmm. some abbreviations. Uh, but mm -hmm. for voice, you have a lot of different turn of phrases because you use different ways uh, for uh, saying the same thing. Uh, you have meandering meaning. People get lost and then go back to get back to the point, or mm -hmm. they just change subject immediately, uh, completely. Uh, you have background sounds that have to be filtered out. So uh, it's more complicated, definitely. Uh, so it, it is a uh, differentiation uh, for these systems. There are not, there are not too many systems with voice now compared with uh, uh, chat. Mm. Okay. Yeah, no, those are all uh, those complexities that you just mentioned, including uh, background noise filtering and uh, real-time requirements, et cetera. Uh, very good points to make. 
for our audience. And well, but at least uh, voice recognition and text to speech are really not a problem anymore. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, no, they're not. I mean, at this point, it's mostly um, you can see them as commodities. Uh, it is a matter of integrating with the best uh, uh, service, uh, depending on the particular task you are doing. So, for instance, uh, since Google is very strong in maps, uh, it makes sense to use Google Speech to recognize addresses. Uh, there are certain technical details that are different for the various companies providing the providing this service that determine the, determine the best one to use. And then, of course, uh, there is pricing of the service and uh, uh, ease of uh, doing uh, business with uh, each of them, which is also important. But uh, new services uh, uh, like this are sprouting out all the time for new uh, speech uh, recognition engines and new text-to-speech as well. Mm. Mm-hmm. So in essence, what you do is you capture the audio from the call, you stream it, and then uh, uh, the person uh, receives back the transcribed text. It's, uh, it's at this point very, um, very routine. So there's a lot, lot that's being done there. Now, uh, give us some other advantages of conversational virtual agents for uh, customer service. Well, uh, so you want the ability to, uh, to filter things uh, a bit, right? So, um, at a certain point, uh, not necessarily the, the virtual agent will be able to, um, to solve all problems, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in most cases, it may not. Uh, but uh, when the call is handed over to the agent, especially for voice, uh, there is a, a potential a great advance, advantage, advantage due to the real-time analytics that you can do. Or simply, you know, the whole conversation is transcribed anyways. And so you can send the whole thing, uh, and uh, the agent has the knowledge uh, of uh, what's going on, if the caller is calm or maybe is upset, uh, or how to handle the call uh, better. Um, so another thing is that voice calls are pretty hard to insert into the digital age. Companies have huge archives of recordings, um, but having a the transcription that is ready in real time uh, makes doing analytics much easier. So basically, it's a, it's a way to insert uh, voice interactions into the digital age more readily. Um, of course, all this comes to a cost because you need to integrate your, your conversational systems with a big variety of contact center software implementations, CRMs, and so on and so forth. Yeah, and I think this is where, for a lot of our listeners, it's probably, oh, my gosh, how am I going to do that? Um, and uh, that's where the challenge comes in, and what does this all mean, and how can I make sure it's all going to work? And that's where, uh, you know, expertise is so important. And, well, what do you see as the future in the industry? Well, uh, the industry is growing. Uh, there is no doubt about it. Uh, but there will be certainly a shakeup. So, um I am in contact with Gartner, uh, and according to them, there are about 1,500 to 2,000 companies offering some sort of conversational system. So most of them are only chat. Yeah, no, exactly. (laughs) And so they're only chat implemented as an overlay on top of Google or or Alexa. Uh, And also, interestingly, interestingly, there were 
approximately three times more implementations of the system than there are companies using these chatbots. So it means that basically companies are uh, testing the water. They are trying this or that uh, uh, supplier, this and that approach, and discarding most of them. So uh, there's no doubt that not too many conversational companies of these 2,000 will survive in the next couple of years. So right. um, they really need to differentiate. And voice, for instance, is a big differentiation because uh, it's the harder to do, as I, as I said. Well, and yeah. if you think about the fact that there's uh, probably at least 150,000 ACDs in the world, uh, probably more like 200,000, and um, a big chunk of those are in the United States and North America. And if you uh, have, you know, the the there are three times more implementations than there are companies using the chatbots. It also indicates yeah. that there is just uh, an enormous, the vast majority of uh, companies have not even tried to implement this yet, or have only tried to implement the more uh, sort of basic kinds of, of this. And therefore, there's a, 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 a tremendous need for knowledge of information uh, to help people make decisions on what to do in the future. Wouldn't you say that, Livia? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. So there is a lot of hype. Uh, there are there are relatively few uh, successful implementations. Uh, and uh, uh, the, the, the industry is just beginning. Uh, it's definitely going to grow tumultuously. Uh, mm-hmm. But... Um, uh yeah it's it's i think that the main uh feeling at the moment among uh possible users is confusion yeah i, I yeah. agree i agree but the, the and that's why it's so important to have uh the kind of clear conversation and uh sort of setting out of the components that that uh, you did for us today well these are great insights and i noticed that alan has some uh, questions for you uh alan over to you Yes, we have one question from Victor. He is saying, I am in a medium-sized contact center in the healthcare sector. Can you give me a use case you have seen in my sector? Yeah, so that's very interesting. Um, In general, uh, at the moment, the uh, implementations that are out there are for big, uh, big companies and big contact centers. Uh, The reason is that... uh, to have a um, uh, be, be, being able to have a, a, a good um, a good virtual agent uh, is expensive, and so you need to have volume. Uh, but uh, companies are starting to come out with uh, um, uh, generalized use cases uh, that um, could be interesting uh, for many uh, many smaller contact centers. So uh, really applying the 80-20 rule in which 80% of the use case is already done, is uh, general, and then the 20% uh, is uh, integration. So for instance, uh, one possibility is uh, appointments. So uh, when you you have someone calling in uh, to book an appointment, uh, the use case is really very uh, similar for, for all appointments including a doctor appointment, of course. So you would need to be able to differentiate between the different uh, specialties on the one hand uh, and integrate with uh, your uh, calendar in the back end. But once you've done that, it's done. So in essence, 
it's really an 8020 uh, use case that I've seen. Um, so that could be interesting, I think. And uh, in this sort of situation, Victor might also be in a situation, perhaps he's in a hospital setting, I'm not sure, but if he's in a hospital setting, they may have uh, uh, physician groups that they're working with. Uh, we've done a lot of work with those, and they can be very complex at times. And I assume that the system can uh, be, um, you know, programmed such that Dr. Smith wants to see uh, patients who are under 70 for uh, 20 minutes, and if they're over 70, uh, he or she wants to make sure that there's 30 minutes that's uh, uh, allowed for them. That sort of thing can be programmed into the system, I assume. Is that right, Livio? Absolutely, yeah. So you can definitely ask. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, usually in this kind of settings, uh, you already know who the patient is. So that would be... Uh, uh, that makes, makes it easier. Uh, but otherwise, you can ask uh, the age of the patient and, uh, you know, more uh, information about where they live or uh, also what location is better for them. Uh, so uh, this would make uh, much more user-friendly uh, than uh, uh, simply calling and, and uh, waiting in line for a long time to talk with someone. Right. So, so the system could either ask the question or if the answer, for instance, age, Date of birth is uh, the thing they love to ask you in the healthcare sector uh, all the time and use that for every, you know, not only for uh, classification reasons, but also for identification reasons. The system Absolutely. could dip in, take a look at that, find out what their age is already, and uh, put that into the equation without even having to ask them their age, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah, if they, if they know who the patient is. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, very exciting. Uh, things that could be happening there. Okay, so uh, great answer for Victor. Uh, Alan, do you have another question? Yeah, we have a couple more. This one is from Emmanuel. It's hard for an operational manager to keep up on all the new developments in the field. It's overwhelming. But I know my center needs this. Are you available to talk, and how can we contact you? Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. It's, uh, it could be very confusing, as I said. Uh, absolutely. We really, would be very happy to talk. Uh, so you could email me at uh, uh, lpugliese, uh, that's P-U-G-L-I-E-S-E, at imnet.com. So uh, I'd be very happy to talk. Okay, great. All right, Emmanuel. Hopefully you'll get some answers that you need. Do we have another question, Alan, as well? Yes, we got one more from Camilio. I am, in, I am with a large contact center in the financial services sector. Should I start looking at this? Oh, of course, absolutely. So, again, here, uh, the best uh, use for this kind of uh, uh, conversational applications is to gather uh, all different, uh, you know, gather the, the main data, uh, main information from the caller uh, to figure out uh, what, uh, um, um, you know, how to, uh, how to forward the call uh, to the best agents, uh, the best group uh, skills, and so on and so forth, or uh, uh, simply to, probably, there are several ways of, uh, uh, of uh, serving people, uh, several services you can give. Uh, without even involving the contact center, uh, like for instance, uh, simply calling for uh, balance or if a transaction has cleared, uh, uh, this is all stuff that can be, can be done automatically. Yeah, 
so for instance, um, if someone calls in uh, to look for a mortgage, it would be interesting to know uh, approximately uh, the uh, the size of the mortgage, the amount involved, uh, and there may, may be different groups uh, working on different mortgages. That's another possibility. And this, this kind of systems definitely can can uh, understand that and uh, route the call uh, to the best group. Yeah. One of the things that uh, we have seen uh, have success too is that sometimes, uh, given uh, the nature of uh, the avant-garde nature of, of, of this kind of technology, is that if there are uh, user groups that are uh, affiliated, uh, they use, they're in the same vertical, but they're non-competitive. Uh, they can talk with each other, and they can borrow from each other, and they can, in some cases, uh, pool together to collaborate with a provider in the industry in order to get what they need at a lower cost and uh, with more uh, pro more chances of early success. So, for instance, Absolutely. in the healthcare sector, you have a lot of uh, uh, you know hospital groups that are not nationwide, they're local, they have their own area, and they can uh, partner with others in the industry, but who are in other areas and who are, uh, they start a dialogue and they're, they finally have a common need in this area or other areas, and they can uh, sort of work together and try to get uh, something good going. Obviously, if you have that kind of group already set up for other reasons, you can leverage it for something like this, and you're very attractive to providers because you offer, you know, a number of uh, client possibilities if they end up winning out in terms of, uh, you know, getting the order for supplying this sort of thing. Uh, so healthcare, local banks, um, uh, obviously um, credit unions uh, who are oftentimes very collaborative with each other. Uh, these are all areas where you might say to yourself, gosh, I'm in this category. It's all a little bit above beyond me. Uh, but if I can find uh, good providers and also perhaps broaden my shoulders a little bit by um, concatenating myself onto other users, uh, that could be something that's very good for our, for for you for for uh, some listeners. Livio, do you have of any course. thoughts on that? Now, of course, uh, there is uh, obviously very big uh, potential savings in uh, in uh, scaling up these kind of things. Um, the uh, the use cases uh, for uh, a particular hospital is going. To, the use cases are going to be the same as a different, you know, uh, the, the next next county hospital. Of course, uh, there will be that five percent, uh, maybe that's different. Uh, mm -hmm. In particular, I'm thinking modern hospital, maybe uh, the um, uh, the banking sector. Uh, there will be some product names that uh, are particular for that particular credit union, which are different from the other credit union, even though it's the same. And uh, uh, it's totally possible to slightly differentiate while putting together the wider use case and uh, making it common. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Very good. Well, with that, we have actually come to the end of our hour, our half hour rather. And uh, Livio, I would like to really thank you. Tanti grazie, as we say in dialect, molte grazie for being with us. Uh, really good information. Uh, we appreciate your expertise and uh, look forward to talking to you sometime again in the future. Absolutely. Uh, thank you very much for having me. It was a great experience. Thanks.
Okay. Over to Alan. Thanks again to Livio and to Bruce for your great discussion on today's show. Be sure to join us next month for another great show or look at our huge selection of archive shows and topics at BenchmarkPortal.com. Then click Call Talk where you'll find over nine seasons of this show. From all of us at Benchmark Portal, keep those headsets steady and your fingers ready. This is Alan Pockhotter signing out. Have a great day.